1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Hey. Oh, I love that sound. This is a good one. travel, banding information, e-scouting, somebody sees a geo-tracked widgeon and they want to shoot and it happens <laughs> to be five miles out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. You can they, get it. They want to go get it. What do they got to do, Nick? First step, get yourself a Miles credit card. Miles credit card. <laughs> yeah, man. Personally, I got the Flex Perks. I'd say, I, I, dude, I don't buy a pack of gum unless it's on the Flex Perks. I put all every bill. There'll be like six dollar convenience fee. Miles, <laughs> miles, bro. I paid my federal taxes. I fucked up my taxes and paid them a couple few thousand bucks. Whoops. Miles, <laughs> miles. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, anything I can possibly squeeze a mile onto. Uh, anytime I take road trips with friends or hunting trips, I'm like. Oh, Guys, just pay me back. You know, we'll just divvy it up. Mm -hmm. Everything can go on my credit card. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> just miles. Jacking all your miles. Uh, wouldn't, I ha wouldn't we pay Larry out down in Oklahoma for all the money I owe him? Miles. miles. Dude, yeah. But no, so all of a sudden, bang, uh, your, your airline, wherever you want to go, is free. So how do you hunt? Um, how do you hunt out of an airplane then, you know? like I think a lot of people are going to be really weird about the traveling with a gun. It's really fucking awesome traveling with a gun. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's It makes your traveling experience so much easier. It's like you have a wheelchair. It's like you're in a wheelchair. Like you get to go to the front of the line. <laughs> <laughs> I have a gun. Yeah. Do you just like rush into the terminal you go to the, yelling it? You go into the, spe uh, into the terminal and, you know, there's like Delta and all, uh, you know, they got the airlines lined up. Mm -hmm. There's uh, usually one like special services. And that's for the fire. That's the firearms desk. So you go over there and uh, say, hey, uh. I got a gun. And they're like, all right. Is it He's got a gun. And then they is tackle it unloaded? you. You have to. So just to be, I guess, prepped for it, you just, uh, they're going to make you open the case. Uh, every, you have to have a TSA approved case, which just means it's lockable. And um, when it's locked, you can't pry it open. Like, you know, like a cheap piece of shit, plastic mm -hmm. Plano one or something. You can probably widen that up uh, wide enough to get a hand slip in there a gun out. and slip yeah. a gun out. You can't have none of that. Um, 
uh, I think if it has a place to lock, it needs a lock. My Vinci came with one. Yeah, Benelli's have um, <laughs> uh, tra- uh, TSA gun cases they're sold in. So any Benelli, if you have your old case laying around, that will work. But I got a trick for that. those cases. If you're going to fly with a gun, you ha- it, it's, it's just a check bag is all it is. Mm-hmm. So you pay 35 bucks for it like if you're flying Delta or whatever. Well, it's $35 for your gun or $35 for your gun and everything you can get into that case. Cram into that case. So I bought a nice um, uh, Pelican one, and it's big, and I shoot a 20-gauge to keep the weight down, too, for this traveling. And you can only bring, like, 11 pounds of ammunition. If you can buy ammo where you're going, that's even better. But I like to show up kind of prepared. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've got all, like... My Sitka packed in there, like my uh, my outerwear. The ammo has to be separate from the gun, does it does not? not. Oh, it doesn't? No, oh. it does not. There are some airport people that are confused about that shit, though, sometimes. Like one time I had a lady be like, that can't be in there. I was like, all right, I'll deal with it when I get to the counter. The guy at the counter was like, shlink. <laughs> See you later. Bye. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Crawl outside the plane, get into the under the storage underneath, find your... Your uh, it has case to, with the gun and the ammo in it, climb back and then and, and then hijack the plane. You can't There's have any loose ammo there. though. Um, you can't have loose ammo, so it's all got to be either in the manufacturer's uh, cardboard box, or you can take them out and put individual rounds in like those little plastic, mm. the plastic yeah, the gun, shotgun, the shotgun holder. Box yep, thingies, yep, with yeah. the individual. And I use those for hunting, anyways. So uh, that makes things real easy, and. I'm a small dude, man. I can pack a lot of clothes in a compact area, especially Gore-Tex. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, me and Austin flew out to uh, Ontario. We had my gun, his 12-gauge, tons of our crap in that case. It weighed 49.8 pounds. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if you had to go bigger, take, right. take the $25 extra charge sure. just for the convenience yeah. of not having another bag. Right. Also, um, you're going to have to... Uh, check a second bag. That second bag is uh, the suitcase style silhouettes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so <no. laughs> um, I put 70 silhouettes in a suitcase bag, weighed it. Again, we're at a 50 pound weight limit. Came out to 36 pounds. So I had 14 more pounds to play with. What goes in there? Ghillie suits. Because you're not bringing layout you're blinds. Bringing layout blinds. There's no sure. layout blinds yeah. coming with. No. Right. Not on a not on an adventure like this. If you're duck hunting or something like that, maybe that could be a pair of waders and sure. a bunch yeah. of floaters in a in a different type of bag. So you're going to have two bags checked minimum. But say it's you and me going, we got both our guns in one case. So I check a bag, you check a bag. That's 35 35, you know. Yeah. Total. Now Use the buddy system. Use the buddy system. Now our airline tickets were free. So now we're into this trip 35 bucks. Nice. And we're flying out. Now we're going to need a rental car when we get there. Well, the silhouettes fit pretty good in there. You don't need a truck. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you can like look ahead a little get bit. Better mileage. Know that the um, weather isn't going to get too fucked up and you won't have wet dirt roads wherever you're going. And you can get real good deals on that. Um, Priceline, Travelocity, become a loyal customer with them. You know what I've never looked into, though? Um all these airlines have like loyalty reward membership, oh, sure, gold yeah. level, diamond yeah, level. Right. And I'm like, how do I sign up for this? Because these fuckers sometimes get like 
on like four free checked bags. I'm like, fuck, we could what bring the, the whole fucking rig. <laughs> we could bring the spread. Dude, we're bringing the DSDs. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what you need. You got to figure that out so you can get on the uh, Aleutian hunt. Or, uh, yeah. The Aleutian hunt. I have considered actually just doing a trip where I just bring six DSDs. Like, I'm, I've done a lot of successful hunts over six DSDs. Like, I've got the older ones with the two-piece, so I can actually take the heads off them. And I think it's a rig'em right bag. You can get, uh, man, they fit in there nice with the heads off, just nice and tight. Have you ever looked in those, um, they're for ducks, but those inflatable duck decoys? And I think they have a sand keel system or whatever. Yeah, those are. They're photo printed. They look I think cool. Dakota makes, oh, you're talking about those old weird ones. But just like the really gooshy, thin, uh, rubberized, mm-hmm. uh, like Dakota's making some that are really good. Uh, I mean, well, you DOA can pack is. those. I mean, a fuckload the of sand, them. The sand is a problem, but if there's a different way to weight them, where you, you didn't have to, maybe you could pack your sand in there. You could empty them and pack the sand in when you get there or something. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, no, I don't know. But uh, any place you're going that if you wanted to hunt water, uh, guess what's near that water? A boat rental. Yeah, <laughs> true. True. So pack your waders, you know, and like, um, it's so much easier than people think it is. The, one time I, uh, I came into Minneapolis late, and uh, it was like taking 20, 30 minutes for any bags to come down, and I didn't need, I, I, all I had was a backpack and my gun case. That was it, so I had no other check bags. I was able to fit all my gear in just a carry-on and a case. So I'm sitting there with my carry-on, it was just a ba- my regular old backpack, I'm like, motherfucker, what am I standing here for? So I find an employee, I was like, I need a, my gun. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, it's back here. Like, oh, sweet. Just like pushing like all these people, excuse us, excuse us. Open the door up for me. Like, here you are, sir. I'm nice. Like, Everybody have a good night. Yeah. Dude, people were have yelling fun, at that woman. Like, how come this guy gets bag? his shit? <laughs> how come his came out right now? I'm like, something important, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy with a gun. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Like, it's like you're the wheelchair guy. Yeah, sure. Makes sense. And, uh. One thing I hear a lot, too, is, like, guys, like, man, I spent $2,500 in gasoline scouting before opener. And then how'd you do? Somebody bust your, blew your roost? Somebody was sky busting in between you? Like, I'm saving so much money and uh, time by, like, just investing some effort into doing something fucking cool. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Like, I've got these, I've got these free airline tickets. Like a couple, two, three a year usually. Right, yeah. yeah, I mean, it doesn't add up. It's not like I'm flying to Paris or anything. Right. But, uh, I mean, quick flight, uh, I, don't, I don't think I paid for a flight. More than like, sometimes I have to chip in like an extra 50 bucks or something. But Dude, I've dropped the ball. I've, I've flown so much like over the years, like back before my kids were old. Like, I got to go get my kids and all this and that. Dude, I've fucked up way. I should have so many free tickets coming my way, but I never sign up for the – freaking flyer this that or the other thing or i don't log them right or something i don't know i should yeah. i should have like 12 flights waiting for me but i never right. do I'm i should have a 401k too lazy. <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah whatever whatever retirement's dude. from pussies live forever that's why you teach your kids to make money what kids yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but um one thing i hear like on social media is like you know everything is ruined it, you know i used to you know this that and the other used to be so good I have an area like that too, like out by my cabin. That was like untouched virgin goose destruction out there. And it still is. There's a lot of geese out there, but the hunters found it. 
I mean, it wasn't from somebody's Facebook post. It's because right. there's a fuckload of geese there. Yeah, <laughs> followed them and found them. Yeah, they make a lot of like honking noises <laughs> apparently when they're flying around. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not gonna be bitter about it. I'm not gonna like scout for three weeks before opener, burn all this gas money, piss off my girlfriend. She's wondering where I am till 10 o'clock at night every night because that's how long you know the sun goes down at mm-hmm. eternity later. In that early season, and then have, have my roost blown. Like yeah. I've got so I've got all of us. We have better options. Yeah, if you have a area that it used to be good, now it's a lot harder with the competition. It's your choice to be there in a way. Right. Like you know, come, in a way, it's one hundred percent your choice to your be there. Your choice to be it's in like that. It's not, there's so many people that that like you're saying that bitch and moan about it, but it happens every year, year in and year out, and then. The season rolls around and they bitch about it again, like it's somehow a surprise again this year. And guess what? Like ten you, years, twenty years. You know what happens to us is around this time, usually an alfalfa field comes out or something, so we go to hunt it because we're they're scouting. There's a shit ton of geese using it. That's almost always just how it works out. Youth weekend. So guess what happens? <laughs> you hear all of those birds leave the roost. Well before light, because some dad and his two kids rowboated in, you know, and bumped them all out. And yeah, yeah so now you don't have no idea where they're going to go. They're flying everywhere. You can tell they're nervous. They don't know what to do. They're freaked out. It happens every year, but we know it's going to happen. So it's like now when it happens, we're like, well, yeah, like they're in there. That's high risk shit. If you ask me, like I always think of duck and goose hunting like a casino. I want to put my money down on safe bets, you know, and you well, just. The safe bet, one of the places that I like to hunt, one of the main roosts, if not the main roost in the area, is a municipal ship plant. That never gets busted. Nobody sure. can hunt it. Oh, that's great. You know, you know, like, if that's part of your scouting. Same thing. If there's a city it, that has a, a, a park that has a lake that holds a shit ton of, of you know, it's in city but limits. You know what I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to push all the chips out there on opening day, hoping my roost doesn't get busted. Right. Hoping another t- truck doesn't. Like that's and then be pissed off because my penny stocks failed. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Yeah, imagine that. This has nothing to do with traveling, but. But no, know. it does. It does, dude. <laughs> because I want my money to be. Oh, I. I see want what my you're money saying. to be invested wisely. I got you. You're not like, going to waste a bunch of money and time. Like you could scout. You can scout endlessly in August. Drive around. And get f- everybody just says no here. Well, you know what? There's a lot more people to ask when the beans and corn come down too. Right. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. There's only like what one field out of a hundred is fucking wheat. Get over it. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I give a shit about in like early season anymore is migrators. That's it. I don't care about. Feed I fields. I, I don't, and I don't like hunting family groups because they they're little finicky Exes. bass. They do their they own know. things. They know what's going on. They're not stupid. The, the, the adults aren't stupid. Um, right. Well, that, you hear that. That's a misnomer, too. You hear all, all, can't wait to get out there and get those young, dumb ones that are being guided by the old, wise ones. <laughs> like, <laughs> what young, dumb ones? What are you talking about? You hear that with snow geese. Oh, it's a great hatch this year. They're just going to be stupid. For a little bit. Yeah, if you get to hunt them in northern Saskatchewan, by the time they reach North Dakota, they've already been shot at. Right. Man, I've... I've I got into a little discussion with somebody. This has nothing to do with travel, but we're doing this tangent. <laughs> somebody said, uh, everybody goes to Saskatchewan now, man. Everybody, man. I bet the hunting pressure up there has increased so fucking much. And I was like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty fucking sure you're wrong. 
because just hunting in general has not gotten more popular mm-hmm. anyway. And I don't care if more Americans are going there because there's less Canadians doing it. And that right. I'm pretty sure of. Probably balances out. I found the numbers. Been pretty stable since about 85. About 20,000 people hunting in wow. Saskatchewan every year. But it just was the fact that it's like been in stable the 70s. is kind of amazing. Yeah. But like back in like the 60s, it was like 50,000. You know what I mean? Like, And I heard people saying like, birds are coming out of there. They're so educated. Like I said, that does make sense to me, though, because what happened around the turn of the century, around 2000, you started seeing spinning wing decoys. Mm-hmm. There's not anywhere close to as an effective method for hunting mallards in dry fields than spinning wing mm-hmm. decoys. For sure. Ba- you hear old-timers say it like back in the 70s, back in the 80s. Those guys would smash their eight bird limits of mallards, but they're on shit ponds. Like they're just in this general area mm-hmm. where there's a lot of ducks and if me, you, and a couple guys, we went out there and we shot our 32 mallards. And we did it on a shit pond in the 70s. How many birds do we shoot into to get those 32 mallards? Right. You know, probably 100 at the right, most if yeah. we got a good big wad in there. Right, yeah. But if me and you and a couple dudes went out to a, um, a pea field or a barley field out there, we shot our 32 mallards over six spinners sitting on <laughs> sitting on buckets high-fiving each other yeah right drinking beers obviously <laughs> obviously canadian ones labats yeah some labats um how many ducks did we shoot into to get our 32 in that scenario because that is a sure people are hunting more grain fields but right. the I, I just wouldn't set up usually they would have to be a very unique situation for me to go into a cornfield and say let's not use the spinners right <laughs> what is an effective yeah, method right. of hunting them do you know because I don't. And I yeah. know a lot about hunting. Another, um, I have a prediction for this fall. North Dakota will be a shit show. Yes. Because you, if the borders if, don't open. Yeah, if the borders don't open, which it doesn't look like it's going to. It does not look like everybody it's gonna, that does normally it. goes to Canada for their hunt. How much you want to bet they're going to North Dakota? And I will be on a plane flying over North Dakota. We're going to put in um Have fun, we're trying assholes. to we're we're gathering names to put in for a South Dakota draw. <laughs> no, don't give those assholes any of your money. I know you don't like them, but I don't want to <laughs> I know North Dakota is going to be a shit show this year. And the good thing the good thing about the draw system for South Dakota is that you apply by party. So if one person gets it, Dude, you should do Everybody something. Everybody in your party gets to go. Take the well, you know North Dakota is going to be a shit show. You know South Dakota is going to be a shit show too. Do something crazy, man. Go to New Mexico. New Mexico would be fun. Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Dude, great duck hunting in Arizona. I'd love to shoot a cinnamon. That'd be you, awesome. I don't know. I was kind of thinking that too. Like, or even use California. It as an, yeah, use All it as an excuse. California's got a fuckload of hunters though too, and that valley's only so big. Right. That's true. That's true. I don't know. No, I, I don't know I, enough about that area. To, Idaho, I've heard, is a sleeper state for waterfall. Any state that has water in it has a fuckload of ducks and geese there at mm-hmm. some point in the year. Well, most people, so, as far as Idaho is concerned, you know, you're you say Idaho and you conjure up mountains, really, even though they're known for potatoes. So obviously, there's ag land out there. If there's ag land and water, you're going to have waterfall. So absolutely. But like I said, most people say Idaho. You don't think waterfall. You don't really think agriculture except for potatoes. But they're not just growing potatoes out there. There's 49 states that have awesome, awesome waterfall hunting, and then there's Hawaii. Yeah. Which has got really good upland bird hunting. I'd also like to. I'd also like to shoot a brant. So I mean. Maybe there's an East Coast hunt in my future or a West Coast. Did you see that video I shared about the Brants? Uh, I didn't watch it, but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. They kind of flew over Google Earth, like tracking that bird back to wherever he goes. Brants are just, I don't know, they're cool looking. 
Yeah, I've heard a couple biologists get in interviews saying like that was their favorite waterfowl species. Like I've, that they're I like, read something about that too. Like they get really almost like not pets, but they get um because their population isn't like massive. Right. And so the ones that they have like leg band tarsal bands on them or whatever or collars, like they really get this intimate relationship. Like they get to know these birds almost on a they don't name them, but almost. You yeah. Know? Their yeah. name is their number basically. Sure. You know. So they're like they, some of these researchers have watched the same bird for, you know, ten, twelve years and they <laughs> you know, like they're like, Oh, zero two one five just made it to you know whatever like that that would be kind of cool you know so it's it's interesting that their population isn't that that massive that they can keep track on them that good but also your chance of getting a band when you hunt brands is pretty good because yep. the band per actual bird number ratio is pretty high yeah they just increased the daily not the daily limit they increased the amount of days this year in new jersey mm. from 50 to 60 i think that you could hunt brands also i heard that the the brants on the West Coast taste way better than the brants on the East Coast because their diet is different. Something to do with like eelgrass or something they eat on the West Coast brants, versus brants the stuff eat they eat on the right. Yeah, uh, on the right. Like all on geese the, will eat <laughs> on the eelgrass, east. but brants like some of them brants will eat a hundred percent eelgrass all year. Yeah, and uh, so there's like a whole bunch of eelgrass ecology if you want good brant hunting or but whatever. But going off of the the um, that trip that Heinz did last year. He was that, showing them there that Brant hunt that he went on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were grazing on grass right in town. Yeah, actually, that's so. kind of when they started getting haunted. Is when a lot of those eelgrass beds started. Uh, I don't know why, you know, human involvement or whatever. They started getting really tough to feed in, and uh, that it, it happened in Europe too, kind of simultaneously. Mm. The Brant started coming up onto land and feeding in the green space. They'd, you know, at that park I was at today, watching the the banded the banded honkers. Somebody had tossed a half-eaten uh, apple out there, and they were picking at it. Oh, really? Like they were taking full chunks out of full chunks of apple off this uh, core. <sighs> Dude, like, I was at. Oh, I guess they'll eat pretty much anything. I was in Montevideo, Minnesota, and it was. My dad always calls it County Farm Slough. It's the it's pond behind uh, that country inn right there off Highway Seven, on the north side of the road, and. They always keep a, a hole open, the geese will. Usually they used to, at least when there's more geese there. There's a fucking dead goose on that ice. There's like three geese eating it. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're like I cannibalizing. I that. That's yeah. nasty. That was crazy. But, yeah. those, dude, like the cacklers, they're like eating berries up in Alaska when they start their voyage. Um, they've got such a diverse, diverse um, diet. When you see them out in like some shaggy shit field and like, we, like weeds everywhere, probably eating grasshoppers. Grasshoppers, weed seed, like I've, I've been watching them uh, lately, like the young ones, they'll, you know, and I'm out fishing or whatever, and they're they're out swimming, and as I work a, a bit, a, a little chunk of shoreline or whatever, I kind of heard them, you know, they're trying to get out, and they go to shore. They're not, they didn't just go to shore, but like wait for me to leave, and, you know, then come back out to water. The moment they get on shore, they start eating, and they're they're jumping up, and they're reaching, and they're eating the tops of whatever the hell's growing up there. They're eating all sorts of shit. And they can eat anything. But it's amazing how good they are at finding that one thing that they love. And um, I always wonder about that. Like, how, I do too. How they I do too. know. Like, why do these – Why do these? okay, because they watch, like, different uh, colonies of geese come out of, like, the tundra um, and when they do it and where they go. And they go to, like, different areas at different times, and it's because it's got the grass they like, mm -hmm. you know? Like, it's just got that sweet, sweet greens that they need. I wonder, the theory that I've had rolling around in my head, and this is not based on any sort of science whatsoever, 
is I wonder if they um, can see in like different spectrums. So like different kinds of grains of grasses give off a different color, like UV reflection or something, and that's that's what they can they can actually see that because bird eyes are. I've far le- advanced than ours. I believe they have multiple senses that we can't imagine what they are. You, like, what, how do they see that food? Well, how right. the fuck do they get back to Alaska to maybe, sit on the same nest? Maybe they can smell it. <laughs> I mean, they, and it could be could a be combination. A, it could be a chemical scent trail that they're picking up on. I mean, if you look at a bird's nose, it's like straight through. But if you think of that nose channel as like fish gills, like all the air is constantly moving through there. And, you the, know. Their smell might not be the way we think of what smell is to us. Right. This is just, you know, an environment that we're pick. This is our brain interpreting the environment around us, you know? Like, and maybe they don't pick up, like, I don't think they're going to get to be like whitetails or we got to start doing scent management for to, to goose hunt. No. Just because just they might smell people, but just yeah, for whatever it. reason, they haven't equated that smell with, like, danger. Like that, there. If they do have uh, an advanced sense of smell, it's tailored to finding food, not being alerted of danger. You know what I mean? So you ever like get that, that feeling somebody's staring at you too, and you're like, huh. and you look, <laughs> yeah. and they are. You're oh, yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, but how many times have you felt that look and nobody was looking? That happens too. Yeah, but that's, what if you're that's a super those, paranoid? That's one of those correlation things. Yeah, it yeah could be. that are, definitely could be a correlation. Yeah, thing. it's like, oh, it's so weird. I was just thinking about this song, and it came on the radio. Well, how many times have you thought about a song, turned the radio on, and it wasn't that song? They only play twenty songs on the radio. More anyway. times than not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but when it doesn't happen, it doesn't. You don't notice it. So therefore, here's a migration insight that I kind of got validated on today. Mm. Um, I was listening to uh, some birding podcast. I don't know. They're talking about these uh, swans that are Eurasian swans. Can't remember their names. They're not tundras. They're not trumpeters. They're not mutes. mutes. Oh. They're not mutes. None. They got a it's, those black ones. Nah, it's a European one. Well, anyways, they they're um, wintering in a different area now, and then they're trying to figure out why they did that because it used to be Spain or something. Now they're moving east, hmm. and it's been 13 kilometers per year for like the last 20 years. So these oh, things weird. have moved like 250 kilometers. Like they, this town is like swan fested. No swans there anymore, and hmm. so what they've correlated it to is these swans always kind of sit in the same temperature range. Ah, they so are always like within this comfort range. Warms, and I've always kinda... felt this about mallards that are here, like in my front yard when I'm feeding them. There's days where it hits a temperature, like a a right condition temperature wise, where dude, there's ducks everywhere. And I started to kind of develop this weird theory, like, okay, you get calendar migrators, blue wing teal, phew, mm-hmm. divers, um, and also you get different migrators in diff- in the same species. So you get like mallards that are calendar migrators; they're going all the way to Arkansas right, sure. right away. Yep. Yep. Mallards that are um, weather migrators, where they're going to kind of hang, no- kind of hang north as close to the breeding grounds as they can, okay. and they'll just keep pushing the when ice they get line. Pushed out, they'll yeah. keep pushing the ice line. Right. They want to stay right up down that. And like, but there's something else too. There's I. I call them temperature migrators. Like there are birds that they will sit, like say it's 32 degrees. Let's just use that as an example. That Drake mallard lives in 32 degrees. Tomorrow, 32 degrees. The next day, 32 degrees. And it doesn't matter if it has to get up and fly to Des Moines tonight. Right. Because it's going to live in 32 degrees. Somehow they know. And I think they've got like (laughs) spots, like north, uh, north, south latitudes. Like, all right, if it's getting cold, I can always bail to here. Hmm. You know, and uh, and that's what they're saying these swans are doing. I was like, fuck, they are doing the temperature shit. 
And I was always kind of had this correlation with the right temp and just fuckloads of ducks here in the cities. But maybe it's something else, you know? I don't know. Hmm. But Interesting. I don't know. I had something else to go on with that. That uh, yeah we oh dude derailed from travel quite a bit yes we did Canada geese though <laughs> did you ever notice around here the Canada geese I mean it gets zero degrees for five six days fucking gone you know what I like probably water access would be my guess yeah kinda there's plenty of open water around though if they really wanted it but like you get out to like parts of, like the those Bismarck birds. It's like negative 30 dude, is their real. temperature. Like, st- yeah. Dude, our conkers yeah. won't stick to 40 fucking degrees close to that. And they're right. out. And those geese eat wheat. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you know what? They're not well, going for some, corn. There's corn out there. Barely. All the fields we found out there stacked are wheat fields hmm. and grass. One year I really wanted to go out and do that late that late hunt um, out by um, – Lake Sakakawea? Was it Beulah? I think it's Beulah. I've done it. I will never do it again. Because there's a power plant there, and there was so, oh. so many. Yeah, yeah. So many hawkers out there, and it was actually like that town was surrounded by cornfields. And I, I believe like, oh that might be in the eight bird limit, too. It is. And or it was. Not many people go know. to this that. This was years ago, many years ago. It's still like that, dude. It was in their midwinter survey. That's such a drive, though. It's oh, a long way. It's a very long way. It's worth it, though. Eight birds a day, dude. You go out dude, there with no, a herd dude. of people. Dude, you it's. Could smash. Oh, dude, that. The temp, dude, hunting in fucking negative 20 is fucking gay. <laughs> it just is. It's like, miserable. People always post, like, here in the summer. We're getting into the summer. For sure, we'll see pictures on Instagram and Facebook, like, waiting to get back into that cold. Not me, dude. I'm trying to hunt geese in Arizona. I listened to a podcast today uh, about the way meat reacts. Like, when, like, the toughness of meat was totally unrelated to waterfall (laughs) or travel but i like started making connections to it so something we're gonna have to um look into but did i miss anything on travel actually before we uh, like Uh, close it out you got a closing uh statement i have a couple of notes i took i guess like i got um gun case and silhouettes i think we pretty much covered it the only other thing would be uh just make sure you have all your proper licensing and you only need to buy a federal stamp once and you only need to buy a license <laughs> before you hunt so you don't have to buy one when you show up if it's going to be a bust right. oh and i always have something fun to do in case it doesn't work out oh that's right you brought that up touristy shit other, yeah touristy shit which i hate actually but yeah whatever. fuck you you're no <laughs> fun <laughs> i don't like the golf oh uh, museums can be fun though but yeah. that's pretty much that's pretty much that so all right, all right. we're in that this has been the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast Waterfall Wednesday with Nick J. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Hey, if you got some uh, waterfall lovers out there that you know and they're not aware of the Waterfall Wednesday or Full Scale Outdoors Podcast, let them know. Share it with your buddies. Keep it going around. Uh, don't forget, if you have a beard, if you're thinking about growing a beard, take care of that some bitch. Go to thebeardstruggle.com, put in code FULLSCALE15 at checkout, save yourself 15%. Thank you again for listening, whatever your passion, especially if it's waterfowl, pursue it full scale. A life that has the stories to back it, a life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. A mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. 
Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.